This is the MDRT Podcast. Today's episode features two MDRT members from New York City. Paula Brancato, Jean Marie Kreitcher. Both women established successful careers in finance before transitioning to this profession. They found it's not always easy to navigate clients' emotions when it comes to money. Paula and Jean Marie share how they've learned to build trust with clients and find ways to educate them while helping them protect their wealth. A lot of people are very unsophisticated about finance and they'll start questioning whether I know what I'm doing. I've been in the financial markets for almost 40 years and I have an MBA from Harvard, I have a CFP, I, you know, I'm an MDRT member. I can use the Black-Scholes model to figure something out, but there's a lot of distrust and it's emotional. It's also belief-based, and belief is something that someone falls in love with, right? Belief. And you cannot talk somebody out of something that they've fallen in love with. If you've ever tried it, it doesn't work. (laughs) So a part of it was learning how to prospect better and to understand that there are people who will never, ever, ever step up to the plate, take on responsibility financially, and do what really needs to be done. And some of it is just having the patience to walk them through baby steps, very basically like a teacher, to get people to the point where they can take action. And everybody learns differently. Some people, you know, are decisive once they get the gist of it, and other people need to know everything, try to get themselves an MBA in finance before they take any steps. And when it comes to answering objections, the real issues might take a while to uncover. I have a a friend in the business who is amazingly good on the phone and amazingly, he just, okay, great. And he just keeps going. Like as if the objection never happened. (laughs) He just wears people down. And he's very positive. Oh, that's great. That's it. That is a great remark. And we're going to get to that, and let me tell you about this. (laughs) And then he goes on to talk about what he wants to talk about. I can't be quite as bold that way. It's just not my style, but I've learned a lot from him to not get frazzled and just keep going until you hit a real objection. And usually the first objection is not the real objection. The second objection is not the real objection. Sometimes the third meeting is where you get the real objection. I do a lot of work with businesses. And if we all at this table were in a business right now, there would be many things that you and your partners would share and many things you would not share, such as when each of you wanted to exit the business, what your wives think about your being in the business, where your loyalties lie, succession planning. Again, sometimes these things are never spoken in the business or they're just not thought of. 80% of small and mid-sized businesses shutter their doors when the founder leaves. And in the meantime, we got all these people looking for jobs. Tremendous waste, including people in our own business who don't have succession planning. There's a lot that you can do, but you can't, I think for me, I've learned that I can't take the first objection at face value because that's usually not it. And it may take a while and it may take talking to people separately to really figure out what's going on so that you can get in and do the work. It often happens, and I'm sure everybody's had this experience where you talk to the husband and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then he goes home, I make the decisions. He comes back in, it's like, my wife doesn't want to do this. (laughs) Right? 
So trying to have the decision makers at the table and often couples or just like partners will have very different views on what should be done. Sometimes they haven't talked about it. I've had situations with young couples where we ask, so you have how many kids? One, do you want any more? And the guy's like, no. And the woman's like, yeah, <laughs> or vice versa. And then they look at each other. <laughs> or couples who retire, sometimes I do a little exercise with them. And I say, just write down a piece of paper, each of you separately, don't look. What age do you want to retire at and how much money do you need? I've never had a couple where they've agreed. Never, ever. So another discussion people don't have until, sometimes until it's right upon them, which is a hard time to start planning. There's the objections they say, there's the objections they really feel, and then there are the things that are really critical and important, and those are often three different things, and you want to sort of move them toward what's critical and important if you can. If they're not movable, then they're not a good client. You're going to waste your time trying to help people who do not want to be helped. Sometimes I can tell whether a couple is going to be in a marriage for much longer by how they behave in the room. I can tell that almost immediately. I can also tell whether a business is going to, going to work or not, depending on how people treat each other in the business. Can I tell what the initial? No. I mean, I had one client who um, I knew there was something going on. And there was some tension between the partners, but the deal was that one partner was pushing the other out. And the money that was coming in that was going to pay for the plan that we were putting together was from investors who wanted the, the business had just grown beyond the capability of this other partner to do anything with it. And they were going to have to buy him out. And nobody was really talking to him about it, and he was the one who was executing the plan. So how can they tell who's a good advisor and who's not? Well, they'll do it on the basis of how they feel. So that's tough, because what you feel isn't always right. It's a one piece of data. What you think is another piece. Being rational is another piece. What you need is another piece. And again, very sophisticated people make very big mistakes. It's very hard to be disciplined. My job is mostly to teach people discipline, that you stick to the plan, that you don't ever care where the market's going, you don't ever care what's happening, other than what is happening in your life and what you need. That's comprehensive financial planning. It starts up here. What do you need? What do you want? I'm going to make sure you can get there. As long as you do what we laid out, you're going to get there, regardless of where the markets go, regardless of, you know, as opposed to you go into a party and somebody says, oh, so somebody says, what's your biggest competitor? My biggest competitor is the, the person at the party who says, I got 20% return on my bonds last year. First of all, he can't add. If you look at his bond portfolio, it's probably 2%. Second of all, he's not showing you his statements. And third of all, what does it matter last year? What's the risk? What's the return? Jean Marie works to identify her client's true risk tolerance, then make sure they are invested correctly. I do a really good job so I won't get phone calls in the future because I tell them it's going to happen up until the day you die. So if you can't handle that, maybe investments aren't for you. You know, I don't need another client. It's like, so you got to be able to handle the rise and fall of the market. I walk them through the risk tolerance, and it's pretty strict. Even if you're conservative, it's a big drop. The most aggressive is, say, a 43% drop. And so everybody 
all my clients are aggressive investors, but you know, I like to really make sure they know what that means. So I tell them, okay. And so if we had a hundred, that means now we have, you know, 57, you know, how do you feel about that? And uh, they're like, yeah. So then I give them their real figures and I tell them, okay, now we have this and the next day we have, or at the end of the year or at the end of the month, we have Y. And if they hesitate even a hair's breadth, I tell them, you know, you're not as aggressive as you think. So I tell them, why don't we move to this level? And I said, but I'll tell you what, that means you have to invest more a month. If you, you can't handle that gyration, you gotta throw a little more at it. So we come to some agreement there. So when we have a 4% drop or a 5% drop, I'm not expecting a call. In fact, I get a couple of calls that wanna invest more. They go, isn't this what you would call an opportunity? And I go, boy, you listen in those meetings, don't you? And I go, yes, it's an opportunity. So we talk about how much to put in. Suppose somebody comes to me with $800,000 and they say they're changing to, they want another advisor. Okay, we have a whole conversation of why they don't want to be where they are. If they say to me, oh, I lost money, I say, I'm gonna put you in the same stock market. So I need to know what you really don't like about that person, if it really is that. Now, everybody else has a different way of handling it. People might say, I can do better. I never say that. I'm going to put you in the same stock market. So if, if you don't like the stock market, you're not going to like it with me. And I said, but maybe, how often do you meet with the person? Well, maybe they never meet. Maybe they talk on the phone. And I say, hmm, maybe you want a closer relationship because I absolutely, you have to meet with me twice a year. So I, I kind of determined maybe that's why they're unhappy, even though they told me X. Usually when they've worked with somebody and they have that level of assets, they are in assets under management. I, and they are in different funds, and I bring them all over whole. I tell them I don't have a problem with what was perhaps done until I look at it. And I do need to meet with you twice a year, but you need to understand it's the same stock market. When it goes down, it goes down. When it goes up, it goes up. So that's how the conversation goes. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to subscribe, please find the MDRT podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.